listening to The Venue Podcast. The Venue is a worship gathering of Southcrest Baptist Church. To learn more about The Venue at Southcrest, visit us online at southcrest.org or on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Grab a seat. Y'all doing okay? Awesome. I have no idea why this rope is up here. That's kind of weird. I'm going to move that out of the way. It's kind of creepy. Um, man, good to see y'all. Hey, if you have your Bible, hope you do, turn to Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible with you, uh, the Bible that is in front of the, in, the, in the chair back in front of you, you're welcome to take that. It can be yours to take home and enjoy if you don't have one. But again, we're going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 11 today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Um, and as you can see by the graphic on the screen, so we're still, <clears throat> excuse me, we're still in Ephesians, but we're kind of shifting the focus a little bit. So we have these little mini-series all the way through Ephesians. And so as Paul changes his focus in the book, we're going to do that as well. And so um, today in chapter 2 and verse 11, he begins to focus a little bit more, while it's all still centered around Jesus, he begins to focus a little bit more on the relational aspect of, of Christianity. And I want to say this kind of get us headed the right direction this morning. Sometimes to appreciate where you are and what God has done in your life, you have to look back. You have to remember the past, <clears throat> excuse me, to see how far you've come. So I want to share a little story to help kind of prove that. Um, my boy Richard Cruz over here, he's the high school pastor. Let's go for Richard real quick. Yeah, Richard Cruz. <laughs> you may not know this, but Richard and I went to high school together in Florida, and uh, we, we could share some stories. I'm just saying, okay? But R Richard, every day at lunch, we had lunch together. We were in journalism together. Anybody, any students in journalism, yearbook, anybody? We got a few. I see a few representing. Okay, that's right. Be best times in that class. But Richard and I would always go to lunch together. And we actually, this is a little side note, but we started a club. I don't know if it still exists, but we started a club at our school called the Dollar Fifty Club. And it was all about eating lunch food. And I could tell you more about that. See, for $2.60, you could get pizza and fries every day, which I'm like, that's not good for you, right? Or for a dollar fifty, you could have like, not homemade, but cafeteria-made turkey and dressing and broccoli and all the good stuff. I'm just saying. So we started this club for it. So we y'all are not as excited about that as I hoped you would be. Anyways, so we even I remember at pep rally we had this huge flag. We would wave it in the gym, and uh, my dad made this homemade huge slingshot, and we would shoot candy into the band's instruments. It was awesome. Anyways, and so uh, they actually told us to stop doing that, but. We would hustle to lunch every day because clearly we were excited about this $1.50 lunch. So we would go through the line and uh, every day, I'll just, I wasn't going to use this, but I'll use this since it's here. Um, every day Richard and I would sit down. And I feel like most of the time I, uh, I envision it sitting like this. I was here and Richard was right here and he typically would ask me uh, or I would pray for my food for both of us or just for mine. So I, while I was bowing my head and praying, Richard always, every day our senior year, literally every day, he would steal something while I was praying. <laughs> And it'd be, how dare he? <laughs> no, we, it became kind of a joke. I knew he was going to do it. And he always gave it, well, he normally gave it back, like my chocolate milk, which by the way, how, do y'all still do that? Isn't that so weird? Like no matter what you're eating at school lunch, you always have milk. It's so weird. <laughs> Anyways, so we, no matter what we were having, we'd have chocolate milk. He might steal that or whatever. And every day he did that. Well, the week that we were graduating, as you know, normally the week that you graduate in high school, like you're, you're not in class that week, you have some free time, you just have the festivities of graduation, getting ready for that. So we went to this place called um, 
Ronnie's, I think it's called George's now, it's a little corner store, to eat lunch. And we sit down to pray, and Richard this time, he says, hey, I'm going to pray for us. And he begins to pray, and you know, I realize this is my opportunity. <laughs> I've prayed all these times. Now he's praying, I'm going to steal something. So while he's praying, I don't remember what I stole from his plate. Probably some French fries. I did love French fries. <laughs> I remember I stole some French fries or something. And no lie, he's done this the whole school year. I do it this one time. And right when he finishes saying amen, there's this older couple sitting off to the side. And they get our attention and they say, young man, that's just wrong. <laughs> They're like, that's just wrong. And I'm like, are you kidding me? One time. And then Richard, he doesn't miss a beat. He's like, what did he do? And they're like, he took some of your food. And he's like, and can you believe it? This guy, he's a pastor's kid. <laughs> I'm like, and I, you can't explain it, right? Like every day for the past year. And I just let it go. <laughs> but I, when I think about that story, and again, I could share many more. Not cool, bro. <laughs> That's so typical of our relationship. But when I think about that story, and think about not that we've got to figure it figured out, but how God uses us now, like that we're both pastors at this church, it blows my mind that God took two food still in high school punks um, and candy shooting punks, and man, he used this. It, when I think about that, it, it, it humbles me. And it also makes me grateful for how, how God has grown us. So again, there, there's a principle there of sometimes to appreciate where you are in the moment, you have to look back, kind of look at your history, what you're, similar to what we talked about last week, what your, what your story is. And as a Christian, you could even say we need to kind of go back into our ancestor, ancestry. So like ancestry.com backslash Bible version, okay? So all of us, from the, bibl from the biblical perspective, uh, really like you look at history, are either Jew or Gentile. And so if you're not of Jewish ethnicity, Jewish descent, you are what? Gentile. Yeah, good job. So I'm going to take a guess. I could be wrong, but probably the majority of us, maybe 100% of us in this room, are, are Gentiles. So it's, it's important to remember that. Now, we don't typically think and talk in terms of Jew or Gentile. What's up, my Gentile brother? Like, we don't, we don't really do that, right? Um, I guess we could start a new trend here in the venue. But uh, in the biblical times, when Paul was writing Ephesians, that, that, was a, that was a big thing. There was a big divide between Jew and Gentile. And really, you, there were kind of three things that, that caused such a, a great divide. The first was the religious divide. So you had the Jews that, who were the chosen people of God, who God was going to bring salvation through. And then you had the Gentiles, who was, who was everybody else. Now, the fact was, the Jews, God wanted them to be used to bring a light to the Gentiles so they could know God as well. But throughout history, it had proven to be kind of this divide of God's people doing their thing and then everybody else. And remember, which one are we? By, by descent, we are those people over here, Gentiles, right? Everybody else, quote. So the first divide was religious. The second divide was uh, cultural, or you could even say like ceremonial, and from that, social. What do I mean? So go back to the Jews. As God's people, he had given them his law, and the law and even the ceremonial laws, like the cleansing, all the rituals you read about, and Leviticus and Numbers, and you're like, power through, power through. You know what I'm talking about? All those, uh, many of the reasons, uh, a big reason they were given was to separate the nation of Israel from the Gentiles, from the rest of the world, to show the holiness of God. That you can't just approach God however you want, that, that God is holy, that he's not like us, that we are sinful, 
and he's holy. But because of all those ceremonial laws and regulations, you can see how that could create, create a division, right? The Jews would even take it so far as they weren't going to eat with Gentiles because they felt like they could get dirty. That's a different story. But there was a huge divide there. So religious, um, what did I say, cultural, like a ceremonial. And then also the third one, and maybe the biggest, was a racial divide. Not probably, definitely bigger than any racial divide we experience in our lives, which we do experience that. Their racial divide was terribly big. See, the Jews, they touted, they boasted in being the children of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and this, this pure bloodline where the Gentiles were quite literally by descent, by blood, not part of that lineage, not part of the family of God. So there was this really wide and deep division between Jew and Gentile. And it wasn't just the, y'all stay over there. It was, it was painful. It was difficult. And if you currently today, bless you, in this room are not of Jewish descent, which is probably most of us, 100% of us probably, then when we read about the Gentiles in this passage, you're reading about your lineage. Does that make sense? Apart from God, this is, this is your story. Where have we come from? Gen excuse me, Genesis. Ephesians chapter 2. I guess if I was just discussing where we came from, Genesis is a good place to start. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, so he looks back at the beginning of chapter 2 to God's grace that like we talked about last week. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. That was our main problem. Alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of God, excuse me, to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So he's talking to his Gentile uh, audience, which you could say, like, that, that was us at one point apart from Christ. And he's saying, before Christ, you were separated from Christ, and that was, that was, your main problem. You didn't have Jesus. You didn't have a savior. And because of that, you were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. That means, you, you're, another word, maybe your translation says sojourner. It means you were like in the same land as God's people, but you didn't get the blessing of being God's child, of being part of God's family. So you were an alien. You, you didn't get to share in that, that blessing. Strangers to the covenants of promise. So He's saying, hey, Gentiles, because you weren't part of God's family, you didn't get the promises of God, the promise of a hope and a future and that God cared about you and that God was going to work all things for the good of those who love him. You, you don't get those promises. And I love what he says. That's actually ter terrifying. But he says, having no hope and without God in the world. So he says, Gentiles, remember... <laughs> You were not part of the family of God. You did not have the promises of God. You didn't get to walk with God in the world. You didn't get to enjoy relationship with God. And because of all that, you, you had no hope. <laughs> There's this old um, video that a church did. 
showing what Jesus is not like. And this, this passage makes me think of that video because Jesus stands up before a crowd. Again, it's, it's what Jesus was not like. He stands up before a crowd and he says, I've come to tell you you're all evil and there is no hope. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> and he just walks off. That's kind of what this passage feels like, right? Like, no hope. Here's, here's the deal. Though we don't think in Jew-Gentile terms today, this, this is our background. This is our story. <laughs> Hopeless, without God, separated from God's people, separated from the promises of God. But luckily, there's a theme in Ephesians of God <laughs> taking bad stories and making them beautiful stories. <laughs> there's a theme of God breaking and conquering our evil with his goodness. Keep reading verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Man, this is good news. So again, this, this recurring theme of grace, being saved by grace through faith. He's saying you were far from Christ and from his people, but now you've been brought near. How? What's it say? How are we brought near to God and to his people? What's it say? By the blood of Christ. Not just through, you guys are so awesome, come on in here. Not through luck. No, Jesus shed his blood to bring us near to a relationship with him. That's good news, amen? He shed his blood so we could have relationship with others regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity. We're going to come back to that more in a little bit. Man, he shed his blood for us to bring us near. He says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one. I'm going to pause there for a second. He is our peace. So literally, Jesus is our peace. And not just like, oh, I feel better. But peace, peace with God. So we'll look here. Peace, vertical peace. But vertical peace that transforms us to be able to have horizontal peace. With me? So he says, made us both one. So he's taking these two divisions, again, thinking in biblical terms of Jew and Gentile. Again, we've divided ourselves up a lot more than that throughout history. <laughs> But he says, now you're, you're one people. Because of Christ, those who are in Christ, you're just the people of God. It's not about ethnicity. So you have peace with God that trans transforms to peace with others. Continuing in verse 14. And has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And there's a lot going on there, I understand. So he broke down the dividing wall of hostility. There are kind of maybe two ways to understand this. I think both are safe. So one, even like metaphorically, there was this division, this wall between Jews and Gentiles. And he's saying, hey, when Christ fulfilled the ceremonial laws and the sacrificial laws by giving himself on the cross, it's no more about, your relationship with God is no more dependent on all these cleansing and rituals. So he's saying that division, even that cultural and social division, is gone. Now Jews and Gentiles can eat together and can celebrate life together because of what Jesus has done. But also another way, I think it's actually helpful to think of it this way, in the temple, there was a wall, it was about four feet high, there was a wall that prohibited Gentiles from going so far into the temple. So the Jews could go really far into the temple, being a little um, 
generic here for sake of time, but they could go really far into the temple to worship. But the Gentiles could only go so far as that wall because they weren't considered God's people. Josephus, uh, he's a historian from that time, wrote, even wrote about this wall. He described it as being four and a half feet. They had warning signs posted all around it, both in Latin and in Greek. And even today, like we've discovered these, two of the warning signs have been found, and they read as follows. No foreigner is to enter within the railing and enclosure around the temple. Whoever is caught shall have himself to blame for his consequent death. So when I said it was a deep division, like it was serious. <laughs> I think, I really do think it's maybe safe to assume that Paul is drawing on that imagery of that wall and saying, hey, the wall is gone. Whoever you are, whatever your background, your ethnicity, because of Jesus, you can come into the presence of God and worship him. Amen. And by the way, it's easy for us as, man, I'll, I'll be careful, I'll be too, take it too far. It's easy for us as good suburban, middle-class West Texans to kind of feel like we're already in. And let's not forget, we are the people that Paul's talking to. We're the Gentiles who are outsiders. We only get access because of who? Because of Jesus. Saying, man, Jesus has knocked down the wall. We can come into the presence of God, and he's made us one. We're, we're a family now. He's brought us peace. Pick up in verse 17. It says, he came and preached peace to you who were far off, Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, the Jews, because they needed salvation too. Verse 18, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer, talking to Gentiles here, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Just a reminder, this room, this building is not the church. Who's the church? We are the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. He says, good news. You're no longer strangers, aliens, without hope, without promise, because of Jesus. Now, Jew and Gentile alike are one family. Regardless of your ethnic background, regardless of your race, regardless of your gender, regardless of your socioeconomic status, if you're in Christ, you are part of the family of God. <laughs> you are no longer fatherless. You have the Father. <laughs> so here's, I think if I could like write one big thing over verses 11 to 22, it would just be, you belong. <laughs> because of Jesus, because of what he's done, you belong. Regardless, again, of where you come from, what color your skin is, Red, yellow, black, and white, and brown, they are precious in his sight. Amen? Amen? <laughs> so our Revelation 5 says that people from every tribe, tongue, and nation will gather around the throne to worship him. Because of Jesus, no matter who you are, you can belong. So here's this, this cool picture here. I realized that the past, this Sunday and last Sunday, I've 
ended my uh, sermon by sitting in a chair. I promise I'm not that lazy. <laughs> I'm going to move this so y'all can see. So just for the sake of kind of having a picture, I want this table to represent, think of it as God's table. Isn't there something cool about when you get to eat with somebody? Like no matter who you are, um, when you gather around and eat together, it kind of breaks down barriers, right? Now I know sometimes like until you get the chips and salsa, there's some barriers, right? But once you get the chips and salsa, like, wow, we're going to be okay. We got this, right? <laughs> That's why they're free. Um, I wrote a song about that in case you're wondering. <laughs> Anyways, if this is God's, think of this as God's table. I'm not representing God, but just think of this as God's table. Because of Jesus, I keep saying it, but I hope it sticks, regardless of where you come from, because of Jesus, if you place your faith in him, his blood allows you to come and sit at the table. <laughs> now, the thing about this table, there are some, like, rules, if you want to call them. And I think what I want to do here is take this really thick passage and maybe give us some simple application and, and reminders. And I even have this really fancy clicker that David and Angel hooked me up with, and I can't wait to click it. You guys ready for the first click? Let's do it. All right. It worked. Okay. Here's the first rule of God's table. Everyone is invited to the table, but the only way to get to the table is with Jesus. So everyone is invited to the table, but the only way to get to the table is with Jesus. So here's what's so cool and beautiful about the gospel, but it's a truth we cannot forget. The gospel is inclusive and in that anyone can come to Jesus, but it's exclusive and that the only way to to know God is through Jesus. I can say that a little more clear. I think I kind of messed, didn't say that the best. <laughs> Let's reverse it. The gospel is exclusive. And the only way to heaven, the only way to God's table, the only way to a relationship with God is through Jesus. But it's inclusive and in that anyone can come to Jesus. Y'all with me? So everyone is invited to the table, but you got to come with Jesus. So this morning, again, I'm not going to camp out here too long, but... If you think you're at God's table, you're, you're part of God's family, and you're basing it on because you're a good person, I'm sorry, you're not at the table. You may be in this building, but you're actually not at God's table. You're not, like, actually part of the church fam, so to speak. Everyone's invited, but you've got to come with Jesus. The second thing about God's table, we treat each other how Jesus treats us. Man, I love the passage because it makes it so clear over and over again. Paul in Ephesians, in the passage I just read, 2, 11 through 22, just keeps talking about Jesus. <laughs> that it's by his blood that we have peace. He came to, to unite us. He, he gave his flesh. He gave his body so we could know him. So Jesus, regardless of who we are, regardless of our ethnicity, race, whatever, I keep saying that, our background, he welcomes us with open arms. He gives us grace. So how messed up is it if we sit at the table, again, got some metaphor going, just follow me. If we sit at the table and we, for any reason, think that someone else shouldn't be sitting at the table. How dare us have any posture but the fathers of Man, you're with Jesus? Come on in. <laughs> like, you're welcome here. here. Here's what's 
really cool about this. And also, like, we got we to gotta tighten up here a little. <laughs> There's no room for racism in the gospel. <laughs> like, period. And, and more than that, but we should be proactively, like, welcoming each other into the family. <laughs> How weird would it be if I invited you to my house um, to eat Lauren, or eat Lauren, eat dinner with Lauren and the kids. Please don't eat my wife. <laughs> um, it's getting weird. <laughs> um, and when you brought some friends and I like didn't really talk with you, didn't actually invite you to sit at the table, wouldn't that be weird? It's way weird, way more weird and way worse when people come to church and we don't welcome them with open arms. And even like to take it a little step further, you know, like past the, the ethnicity, the race issue. I was even thinking, I even noticed it in the, in the greeting time earlier. Let's just be real here. The whole like meet somebody, shake somebody's hand around you. I get that that's a little cheesy. And I get that like it's so easy to turn around to the people you know. And be like, oh, what's your name? How's it going? Like I actually did that this morning. I feel bad. <laughs> but we do that for a reason. Because every Sunday, there are new people in here. And I see it sometimes. And I try to like see it and go to it. But what happens, we're really good at loving each other and talking to each other. And there's little pockets of new folks. Maybe they're believers, maybe they don't know Christ, I don't know. And we just kind of leave them out. Because we all, whether it's in the official greeting time or whenever, we all turn in and say hi to each other. And everybody else is standing left there going like, am I invisible? What's going on? I'm not going to do this, but I could, we could probably have people raise hands this morning that said, yeah, I felt invisible during the like, meet and greet time this morning. It's not treating each other how Jesus does. <laughs> I think it's uh, later in Ephesians, maybe it's Romans, I can't remember, but Paul says, to welcome one another, to greet one another as Christ has welcomed you. Does it matter your background? Does it matter your skin color? Does it matter anything? <laughs> because of the blood, he welcomes you. Treat others or treat each other at the table like Jesus treats us. Next one. Pray and strive for greater diversity in your personal life and in our church life. I think John Piper, uh, yeah, he said to, it was John Piper, he's a pastor up in, I think, Minnesota. And he says, to delight in the cross is to delight in the fruit of the cross. So, in, in the passage, Ephesians 2, uh, 11 to 22, one of the, the big things that Paul points out is that a main reason, a big reason Jesus died, one, yes, to bring us salvation, to reconcile us to God, but also to reconcile us with each other, to break down barriers of, of ethnicity and race. So as believers, if we're gonna say we delight in the cross of Jesus, we should also delight in what? Diversity. I'm going I'm to get a little too, too close here. I don't want you to look around, but we could use a little more diversity in our church, you reckon? <laughs> right? <laughs> Who can bring that? I heard some us's. Yeah, thank you, Catfish. Yeah. We can, right? We can. Pray for it and seek it. Because the more diverse we are, I think the more that we're showing the fruit of the cross. That Jesus 
loves every single person. So we want to pray for diversity and we want to strive for it. We don't have time to get into what all that could look like to strive for that. But I think we could all be a little more intentional about it. Pray for it. Strive for it. One more thing. Real simple. Remember where you came from. (laughs) All of us will live more grateful lives, more passionate lives, more worshipful lives, and more diverse lives (laughs) when we remember that apart from the work of Jesus, I don't belong in the family of God. It's only by his grace, by his rescuing me through his life and death and resurrection that I get to enjoy being part of the family of God. And when I remember that, (laughs) it changes the way that I live. I can't help but welcome other people. It's interesting, the word remember there is the only command in the first half of Ephesians. It's kind of interesting. You don't think of like that being a command. Remember, you better remember, Tony. Like, remember what? Like, um, the one command Paul gives in the first half of Ephesians is remember to like shorten it all. Remember where you came from. You were not a part of the family of God, an alien, a sojourner, didn't have the promises of God, but because of Jesus, you belong. <laughs> you belong. As you remember, it's going to change the way you live. This morning, I want us to end a little bit differently. Um, and I think you guys are down for it. You guys are pretty cool. And so here's how I want us to end before we sing and all that good stuff. I want us to, uh, in a moment, with whoever's around you, I'll let you kind of group up how you would like. And by the way, if there was ever like a message to not leave somebody out, this would be a message to like not, like don't leave someone out around you, right? We're not, we're not praying with them. Like I will come slap you, okay? Um, Maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I will. (laughs) Um, Include those around you. And I want you to pray for three things. I want you to pray for, and I I actually want to like, we'll we'll give you plenty of time to like a few minutes to to circle up and actually pray out loud. I want you to pray for unity. Actually, let me back that up. Let's switch it up. Do it in this order. Pray for diversity, that God would bring that in our personal lives and in our church life. Diversity. Pray for unity, that as we grow more diverse, that we actually grow in our unity for the gospel. And now I want you to pray that we would remember, that we would remember what Christ has done for us, and that because of him, we belong. Diversity, unity, and to remember. Does that make sense? So, um, man, just, I know it's a little different, but because we're in, quote, big church, but just right where you're at with the people around you. Maybe don't get bigger than like a group of five because then you have to like start screaming to hear each other. But um, groups of three to five, just pray for those things. Diversity, unity, and to remember. And then we're going to sing a song that celebrates the fact that we didn't deserve the gospel, but Jesus came to rescue us. So y'all go ahead and pray. We'll give you about three or four minutes to do that.
God, we're grateful for the gospel and um, for the fact that though we, um, regardless, wherever we come from, all of us, uh, in one way or another, are hypocrites, are sinners, are rebels, but because of your grace, Lord, we get to experience salvation and relationship with you. And, and Lord, your cross, your bloodshed for us is our victory. And so I pray that as we sing this song, we could just remember the truth. And Lord, if, um, if there's someone that maybe needs would just like some prayer or someone wants to talk about what it means to come into a relationship with you. I pray they would have the courage to come talk with one of the pastors back in uh, the Welcome Center, God, just to, to talk more about what that looks like. But God, for believers, I pray that as we sing this song, you would stir our hearts in remembrance of where we came from. So your name we pray. Amen. Y'all sing with us. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you stream your podcast. The goal of the venue is to help you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus by being relational, helpful, hopeful, and real. Thanks again for listening to the Venue Podcast.